sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week. We're doing two science fiction short stories, the Cold Equations versus The Truth of Fact, The Truth of Feeling. Uh, Cold Equations, I forget the author. Uh, uh, it is Tom Good- Godwin. Sorry, Tom, Tom Godwin. Tom Godwin and Ted Chiang did the, the more recent short story. Yeah, The Cold Equations is from 54. And the more recent one's from like 2013 or something, I think, right? Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, so Pat made me read his damnable science fiction stories. <laughs> I didn't write either of them. <laughs> well, his favorite genre. Oh, I was going to say, you know, uh, the reason that I speak first on this podcast has nothing to do with uh, alpha male shit. It's because I hit the record button, so I know when it starts going. Just want our listeners, you know, inside uh, inside baseball peak there. And you hate baseball, so that's really nice of you to it, do that. It, it was. Well... My listeners know that you love them. Um, I wish I had listeners. Yeah, me too. I wish I had glisteners, by which I mean teeth. Um, yeah, so wh- how did you find these stories? Had Cold, you read them before? Yes. Cold Equations, I had listened to a old-time radio show a long time ago called X-1, and I I thought it was a pretty interesting story, especially because of the ending was so different from what you expect a, a story like this. And then I read the story, and the story's not bad. And uh, the the Chiang, I think IO9 talked about it one time, and that's how I got it, and I really like that story. Yeah. Well, we'll start with the cold equation. Wait, is it equations or equation? It's just, it is equations. Uh, um, yeah, plural. Yeah, we'll start with that. You want to give like a little over... I mean, there's not much to the story. Oh, you can find these both online, too. Um, yeah, I, I I guess Cold Equations is public domain. I don't know. The other one's on the the like the like press where it was printed. So it's... Yeah, they're both free online. Legally free online. Uh, Cold Equations. Guy's a pilot of a spaceship. There's a stowaway, and something has to happen to the stowaway. Yeah, there's not a lot of plot to it um a lot of it's kind of like uh i don't know um fretting over what to do yeah the situation and i i don't it's been a long time since i've read the story i I think more recently i listened to the the radio show i didn't remember it being so it's a girl yeah yeah that comes across differently on the radio show where you know you hear the voice and that's how you know it's a girl it's not like outwardly stated but yeah, that the stowaway is a woman, and that makes a big difference to the pilot. Well, not but even I, a woman, though, a teen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, basically, an innocent. Yeah. Not not a, like, usually a stowaway in this universe would be a fugitive or somebody taking advantage, but this is an innocent that didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And, uh... How did you like the story? I thought it was decent. Um, you know, it's got... I obviously... Anytime you read science fiction from like the fifties or whatever, it's there's going to be stuff that strikes you as hilarious. How much they got wrong, 
like his his uh description of the com- how the computer worked back on earth and how, how it would like spit out paper and all that was was kind of funny because you're like yeah that's that's not the way it would go although he did have the speed of it down he's like well, yeah, the physics are right yeah yeah the fi- well that was the that was the thing that impressed me about the story i mean there is some jargon you know and there's the usual made-up sci-fi world names and stuff but um but he did seem to know the science like there were some paragraphs about you know how the nuclear reactor fueled the the rockets and and why this special ship uh, couldn't couldn't use those and how you know why the basically why the story had to take place the way it did because of the physics of the stuff so i, I like that i like when science fiction is like rooted in actual science yeah the hard, the so-called hard science fiction yeah you um, know what i mean i do yeah i thought i thought it was fine i thought it was a little like after a while i was like all right get to it kind of because like you know it's going to happen and there's just too much hand-wringing about it well i think especially in the story form it's it's it is a little more clear what's going to happen it's just spoilers the the girl has to die in order for this ship to get to where it's going but i, I remember listening to the story and not feeling that way feeling oh obviously they're going to especially because x minus one is mostly a positive show it's not going to have something so dark on it it's you know it's more of a yeah, the written no. word is usually a little more stark, but so I thought there'd be a last-minute reprieve from somewhere, but it never happens. Yeah, and that, no, I and did I, like that. Yeah, and apparently, I've read, I think, Wikipedia or something about the story where the editor had to keep sending it. I think it's that racist guy that was kind of a jerk. H. Anyway, Lovecraft? He, John Campbell. Oh, he had to keep He had to keep sending it back to get a version where the girl did, did, didn't, uh, did lived. Oh. Didn't live. Didn't live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, I did like that it was dark um, in that way, because at first I thought, too, you know, yeah, they're going to they're gonna find some way out of this. But no, that's why it's called the cold equation. Yeah, that's a warm, fuzzy equation. Although there is, there's there's kind of, a, a, I think it was, it was a well-regarded story for years, but eventually there was a backlash to it where people were like, you got the physics right, but that's terrible engineering. Why would you engineer a, a ship that that has such tight, you know, parameters for right. how it can operate? Right. Yeah. Well, and there's a, re, a like a a response to it that I've never written that I, I think I'll try to seek out sometime called the Cold Solution. Well, that's what happens when you get sci-fi nerds on these things. I feel like I mean, there's. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see what they're saying. He kind of tried to explain why they made the ship the way they did right. in the story. But I don't know. I'm not an engineer, so. it's. It, but it's it's nice when stories bring up conversations like that where they're just not standalone. It is, but it's, it's also, I don't know, at some point. Like when I was in, uh, you know, senior year, we did a trip to Disneyland, you know, uh, overnight. You know they do those things for for senior class and uh, and we were in the haunted house ride and uh, those uh, those hologram ghosts came up. You know when you're sitting in the mm-hmm. thing and the and uh, this dude next to me, uh, Jeff, was 
was like explaining to everybody how the holograms worked and he, he's <laughs> you're like no see it's not really that impressive this is really, and he's like going into the physics <clears throat> of it and you're like all right dude let the kids have their fun it's a hot day well yes it's hot but if we were on the sun we'd actually be you know really hot so it's not that hot it's not yeah yeah exactly um yeah, so I, I don't know. Those kind of arguments, I get, uh, I mean, I know why they're fun for people, but on the other hand, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. Uh, the, another complaint about the story is that the story was already done in the comic book. But I read, I had never heard that before, before doing the podcast and doing a little research. And I read the original comic book, which was in Weird Science, number 13, I guess a couple Weird years. Weird Science? Like, yeah, uh, that movie. It was in that movie. And uh, the story is, is very similar, but I think the, the short story is better. So, so you can complain who came first, but let's let's talk about who did it better. Yeah, we all know who came first: the chicken. Mm-hmm. That selfish chicken. That motherfucking chicken. Yeah, I I, I don't. Who knows? I mean, that kind of thing is going to happen a lot. I think anyway, just in fiction. I mean, it happens with. It happens all over, you know, with comedians and, and, you know, people come up with the same jokes. There's there's only so many stories, um, although I guess that is kind of specific. But I, I didn't read the comic book because I didn't know about it until just now. But it's 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 three pilots and one, it's much it's a much different story, a much different mood. One the woman who stowed away was the fiance of one of the pilots on the ship and it. It's so it's much it's it's similar in that they need to get rid of the person, but it's not similar in in the whole where everything else goes. So there's one similarity, and that's it. Oh, okay. So the the woman doesn't get jettisoned. She does. Oh, she does. No, that that part's the same, but the 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 you know everything else is different. Huh. Huh. That's interesting. Who cares? Yeah. If uh, if you know. Carlos Mencia steals a joke. Who cares? Because he's the best joke deliverer around, right? That's my feeling. That's funny you'd say that because I don't think he's funny at all. Carlos Mencia? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. I'm I'm mistaking him for Bill Cosby. Sorry. Yeah. I, I often mistake, mistake all comedians for Bill Cosby, so I never take a drink from one. Me either. I know that's... Uh, there were some there were some rumors going around about Louis C.K. for a little bit. I don't know if you read any of those. Yeah, they were pretty creepy. They weren't. It wasn't. Weren't, well, it wasn't Cosby level. No, but they were pretty creepy, and they weren't. Uh, yeah, they weren't so out out there that they weren't believable. Right. So was, exactly. But then there's, I know it's it's that weird thing where you're like, well, can we get some like actual verification of this? Because I don't know how to. I don't know how to react. Like, I'd, it could be true. It could not be. Because he was never named. Oh, it, the story I read, he was actually named. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah I don't Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's It was a creepy story. And it, if it it's was. true, it sucks. If it's not true, it sucks. So either way, it's a, it's, it sucks. Yeah. Well. But no, it's not Bill Cosby level. There's not 50 people coming out. Right. And there's not a decade of denial where the denial end up being, I'm going to not deny it in public, but in court I'm going to admit it, and I'm going to force people not to say anything by paying them off. Ugh. So ugly. Yeah. I know. We have we have a friend who posted on Facebook about it and how, you know, 
it's hard because he was a big fan. But I, I mean, I guess I really liked that Bill Cosby himself when it came out, um, his special. Mm-hmm. But I have no problem being like, oh, fuck that dude. Because oh, it, no. I mean, he was a big part of my childhood. I liked Fat Albert a lot. I liked – what was the – he had a kid's show he used to do like five minutes every morning. I forget the name of it where there was like – he drew on a – on a board where it's like le- learning is fundamental, that kind of thing. I like that stuff. So well, I it think does that, those were the Jello pudding commercials. I th- oh, I thought he was teaching me. Nope. Well, I love Jello chocolate, and I bought it up like a fiend. But no, I I it is sad. It's really sad. I mean, oh, it's to find it's, out he's such a scumbag, and it yeah yeah it's definitely sad. I just I don't have a problem. Uh, I don't have a problem at this point being like fuck bill cosby you know what i mean oh no I, I i pretty much go to that right away until until the until they defend themselves and say oh okay i'll take the fuck back but no you don't have to take it back with bill cosby yeah uh whoopi goldberg whoopi gold that whole defense she made was so absurd it was i don't even understand it i don't either somebody was mean to her at a party and that means I don't believe stuff about Bill Cosby. It didn't make any sense. Oh, I know. It's that's the that's the thing with uh, hero worship, man. It brings out well, really and, weird. And I I do feel bad for the people. Not bad. I, I can understand the people who like six months ago were saying, "Well, you know, all this stuff is coming out." And he, I, there's someone who started on the show. I don't remember who it was. I don't know which character it was, but she was like, you know, I don't. I don't know if it's true. It was always nice to me. Nothing like that ever happened to me. I, I don't know. And then, but re, when this, when the stuff came out, she's like, my bad. He sucks. This sucks for me. It sucks for all the people it happened to. And that's kind of how I would, you know, you want to believe in your hero, but at, once the evidence comes out, it's like, you got to stop. Yeah. It seems like Whoopi didn't want to no. stop. And I think, yeah, there are a couple others too who are still standing by him, but um, yeah, I know. Just don't have heroes, people. That's that's the real message here. Be your own hero. Like G.I. Joe. Yo. He's the great American hero. There's a, a long article about the history of G.I. Joe that I read recently. I don't know why I read it, because I, I had no interest in G.I. Joe as a child. I have no Either. interest in it now. But it was a well-written article, so I went through, I got through the whole thing. Like how he started out as as a doll and like... Uh... It, it, it started... It was... It was it was about the revitalization, so it kind of oh like eighties, yeah like late seventies. How it was, the guy there was one guy who was pushing to get them back out there and make them because the the oil crisis made making dolls too expensive, so he said let's make them Star Wars figure size because those were really popular and it 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 took him like five years to get them made, but once it happened, it was huge. Yeah, that's the reason they were popular too because of the size. It wasn't any love for star wars people are just like finally a small <laughs> action figure <laughs> these big ones make me sick i had a uh steve austin the bionic man doll and that was full size figure. right yeah it was a bigger one you could look through his eye like one of his eyes was just like glass and you could look through the back of his head and peel off a little panel on his arm and it shows the circuitry oh that's kind of cool i thought it was cool when i was five. Oh, sorry call me a five-year-old idiot <laughs> Well, did, nowadays uh, it's it's all it's all happening online, dude. Um, sorry, what? Did uh you keep that in the in the box? Because if you did, it's worth a lot of money. I never kept anything in the box. I mean, I had no obviously, 
I was too young anyway, but you know, I had no clue about collecting shit. Like, well, that's how do you think that happened? That people did keep stuff in boxes. It was seems just like... like it started with the Star Wars shit. But but, I, but no, but there's stuff from before that that's still in the boxes. You think it just got people got lucky? They happened to have it in the box. Yeah, I don't know. They you know they got it. Who knows? They got it as a gift, and they're like, "This is fucking shitty." Yeah, and, just, <laughs> and then they made ten million dollars from it. Yeah, because I I had a ton of Star Wars action figures when they first came out. But well, yeah, if you if you watch uh, Antiques Roadshow, you'll see people bring on these ugly fucking dolls. They're always super ugly, and they're always worth like ten thousand dollars. So is that your recommendation, at Antiques Roadshow? Uh, my recommendation for Antiques Roadshow is when it's come when it comes to your town. Just go hang out outside and steal really ugly dolls off people, because you will make a shitload of money. Is that show still on TV? Uh-huh. It's probably also on the internet. Everything like on everything. the internet now. You know they even shit. have porn on the internet? I hadn't heard. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, because human nature being what it is. You know what's, e- you know what's really weird, though? They still like publish Playboy and Penthouse. I think. Well, a lot of people get penthouse for the articles. Yeah, that's true. Good old Bob Guccione. Guccione! Oh, he's penthouse? Oh, I'm thinking Hustler. I get Hustler for that. Oh, he is Hustler. Shit, you're right. No, no, Hustler's Larry Flint. Bob Guccione yes, is penthouse. Yes, you're right. And uh, his son did Spin. For a while. And Spin just let out a bunch of indie records. And leaked them. Leaked them? Like leaked streaming or something? Accidentally, they had they had a server that, that was for their employees to do reviews, and it had I forget I forget who it was, but there was like three 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 records on there that were highly hyped and well sought after, and they ended up on the internet from that private server. Check your torrent sites, people. I'm sure you'll find them. With Destroyer was one of them. Oh, I well I like what I've I like the one song I've heard from that new Destroyer album. So. Uh. Yeah, anyway. Cold equations. Yeah. I it it was good like uh, like I said I I liked the darkness of it. Um which I wasn't necessarily expecting. Um although after a while I kind of I kind of got the pick, the uh, idea that there was no way that she was going to get out of this. Yeah, I I think I agree that it went on a little bit too long where it was like it seemed like he was just filling, you know, maybe he was getting paid by the word. Because I think he, she could have been jettisoned a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I, did find myself, when I read it, that I was affected by the the scene near the end between the brother and the sister. I thought that was will, actually well-written and, and emotionally true. I, I liked that. Yeah, it, was, it seemed like it was probably the inspiration for that uh, David Bowie song, Modern Love. Yeah, it was, it was, I really like the other one a lot. This one is of its time, I feel. Yes. Um, so, you know, you, you take that, you know that going in anyway, so it's not like it annoyed me or anything. I thought it was, it was good, it was a good idea, it was well executed, um, but pretty much, um, it, it was pretty much just this one premise that drove it, um, and they did a little bit, uh, I mean, he did a good job kind of working around all the angles of that premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the other one I thought was a lot more thoughtful and well, I, philosophical. I and got the idea 
based on the other. I was like, let's talk about this story. And then I just came up with the first old story <laughs> that came into my mind. So. Yeah, no, like I said, I it was an easy read for sure. And it was, it was, uh, not that long. Yeah. Not too long. And it, and it was well done. It was just, it was very obviously from 1954. That's all. Yeah. yeah you know, nothing wrong with that. No. I wonder what the oldest science fiction story is. They consider like Jules Verne or HG Wells. Yeah. Jules Verne. Well, um, there's a story about a, a boat, and a bunch of animals. Oh, yeah, that might be it. Well, I know of an even earlier one about um, some dude and some woman in a garden eating an apple, which doesn't really sound sci-fi, but... Yeah. I, I mean, that's, you know, it was way I back I mean, I think you need machines to... I don't know. What, do you mean the first sci-fi, like, novel? It would have to be... Have to be. Or, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It probably sucked. It was probably, actually, it was probably, like, some Chinese writer nobody even knows in like the 1500s. Um, yeah, no, I'm sure it sucked. Whatever it was. But it's weird that like, I mean, I guess it, I guess you don't really even start thinking about that shit until like the Industrial Revolution and, and science starts making like a really big impact on daily life. Yeah, I mean, you'll have earlier stuff that's more, I mean, I guess you could call it science fiction, but it's not it's not about the future so much as more about fantastic things, but I think, yeah, I think the industrial revolution and, and just making it so the future is something that things are going to be different and let's speculate about that is what, and to me, what might've changed to bring that about. I don't know. Yeah. And well, and one thing I did like about this story is that he said it in the 21st century. He didn't do that dumb thing that they did a lot in the fifties where it's like, it's 1987. Yeah. And we've colonized all these worlds. <laughs> well, have has any have any of the uh nerds talked about this though? Like the actual distance to habitable planets from Earth would be way too far for human beings to travel. Although he did say he did bring up something about a hyperspace drive, but even so. Well, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> I mean, lots of nerds talk about that kind of thing. What do you want from me? It makes a kind of boring story. We got a spaceship. It didn't turn out we could go anywhere, so we came back. We just... Does it? Or does it make it magical realism? I think it's just realism. There's no magic there. Uh, excuse me, how do you think rockets work? Well, that's true, magic. Thank you, yeah, uh, man, we didn't really talk about this one a lot. Well, I think we talked about it as much as we could. It's a short, it's a very short story with a very short premise. Yeah. So we gave we gave the ending away, we gave the middle away, and people can read it to find out what the start is like. Yeah. Or I could just tell you right now. It was a dark and stormy night in deep space. Dun dun dun. All right, well, you want to take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about uh, Flippity Flop? Sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. 
But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones oh. He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's great racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation, Brian Stoker's creation The land of the Thracians And right back to the start It's gonna take some time and patience But all the best things Alright, we're back. And the name... The truth of fact, the truth of feeling. Or did you mean the name of the podcast? No, I meant the name of the story. People don't care about the name of the podcast. They're just looking for these uh, story titles. Doing Google searches. We're coming up. That's how we get new fans. Hello, new fans. Fans of the truth of fact, the truth of feeling. We are with you. It is a great story. Yeah. Uh, so it's why hard don't to you go write us a one-star review and then never listen again? Well, please don't do that. Yeah. I don't know anything about this dude. But according to you, he's mostly just a short story writer. That's that's how I've, I've come across him, yeah. But this was a really, really good story. Uh, I didn't know what to expect because I read the cold equations first. I mean, I knew this was more modern, um, but I thought maybe it was like there was some like theme linking the two stories but no there's not other than their you know science fiction and yeah i guess you could call this i don't know could you call this hard science fiction i don't really know it's it's hard to say i don't know it's almost I've... not even science fiction in a way but no because you have the 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 the, the memory device that's yeah. in the future so that's the only thing that really makes it science fiction other than that it, that's i mean that's what makes good science fiction i think good science fiction you don't need to have a bunch of gadgets to make it a good story yeah no the the technology in this seems like you know a natural extension of what's going on already right yeah um and it's kind of hard to describe this story but it is it is broken up into two uh different narratives the, it's basically a journalist in the future who started writing a Life essay. Log. No, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. An essay about the a new device that in this future there's devices that capture everything that happens, and this this new thing comes out where you can use this like all your videoed memories of your life and search them instantly. And he started by writing about that, and then he just threw that out, and he wrote this this essay instead where he's talking about how it affected relations with his daughter. And then he goes back to a, a story from like a 1940s primitive, primitive culture that, that the English had uh, uh, like brought a missionary to in the, in the, the like bringing, bringing the written word to that culture and how it affected the culture. Right. Well, I mean, it's that culture started with it started with European colonialism, but then yeah, right. this this yeah. Uh, missionary came and and taught them writing. They were not uh, literate in that way. It was oral tradition culture. Um, yeah, and and so yeah, you can access. So in this in this near future, when this guy's writing, um, there's some kind of like 
record technology or software or whatever that you know you can record all your interactions and everything and then you can like rewatch it down in the corner of your eye he doesn't really say whether it's like on a google glass type thing or what but um that's what i'm assuming and and he they bring up um like people uh, couples getting in arguments and you know no you said this no you said this and then replaying that and showing who was wrong um but it brings up a lot of issues about about like current technology too and and the way it's it's changing our lives and uh the way this could change our lives so mm-hmm. it's it's a lot more uh it's got a lot more uh philosophical stuff that applies to us and and how we live today than than the cold equations did right and I I wasn't sure where the the two how the two stories were going to touch each other at first, but I thought I thought that was really well done. Yeah, um, well, you you kind of see it as you go along that it's they're both about new technologies basically um, being you know being forced on or brought to a culture. New technologies and what memory means and how much how how important it is to have exact memories compared to what feels right right exactly and and that was i thought that was really uh, it's a really interesting topic um because at first it sounded like this idea of having everything recorded and you just being able to access every memory and he talks about it in the story too i mean it sounds kind of hellish to me but then he also you know he goes on and explores it more and you're like well yeah i I mean i guess i could see how it could be beneficial as well Mm mm-hmm but he he was right because I mean in a way I, I still think I would not be a huge fan of this technology had it if it came out. Um, but I, I think that's the first assumption people. I think that that's the the when you think about a technology where you can relive memories exactly, your first assumption is that, that it's bad. What I thought that was great about the story is that it was able to effectively examine the other side. Maybe it's not bad. Right, right. And I thought that was. A surprise and a well done surprise. There was a good turn in the story that I didn't see coming. No, me either. And I thought uh, it was it was not like a out out from out of left field. It made sense, but it was also it did a good job of turning things around. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy. It's something we all do with our memory. So uh, yeah, I know I maybe not spoil too much of this one because I think it's definitely worth reading and it's online. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Subterranean Press dot com um you can check it out but yeah i thought i know that's what i was saying like he brought up near the end like well you know it, it is it can be beneficial but there are a lot of a lot of issues with it still that that are you know concerning just as there are with with the internet and and shit like that now um mm-hmm. even though we all love it and we all use it there are there are things that maybe we should be concerned about um, yeah, the, cause he brings up like an example, um, one of his earliest memories when he was like four or five playing, um, he was there with his grandma and she was knitting and, uh, he remembered her looking over and smiling at him. And that, that was one of his happiest memories. And he, he was like, if I could access that and it showed that she didn't smile at me and she was actually stern, you know, that kind of ruins one of my best memories because what does it matter? if she actually smiled. That's how I remember it, and it's a good memory to me. 
And on top of that, the these video recordings are not going to be recordings of your actual emotions. Right. So They're, when you're watching the videos, your emotions might be different. Exactly. It's just, yeah, it's just cold, hard facts. It's just data um, with without any of the emotional connections that, that you had as you were experiencing it. I mean, it, it's you see it in a way kind of now with people uh, holding up their iPhones and recording concerts, you know, and you're like, you're there, just watch the concert. And this recording you're going to have is not going to be anything close to what you actually experienced. experienced. Yeah. And and not only that, but you're recording a concert with about 150 iPhones in front of you. So that means 150 other people are recording the same thing. Can't you all get together? Just have one guy do it. Just have some guy stand in the best position. You give him, you, I'll give him your email and, and you get the video. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's weird. Um, but yeah, and the, the story in the past um, that he tells of this tribe, it's, it's basically the same thing. Um, an issue comes up where the actual written down history is different from the oral history these people are telling about themselves. Right. Well, the oral history that the leader wants to wants to tell. Wants to tell. Want, yeah, wants to perpetuate for whatever reason. Right. But, I mean, there you don't really get the sense that he necessarily has an agenda for it um, as much well, I, as... Not, not so much an agenda, but I got the sense that it was, this is what's best. Yes, exactly. Um, what works best for the tribe. And, and you know, he's... He's thinking in those terms, um, and then when when the actual facts come to him that that contradict him, he doesn't get angry or anything. No. Um, but but he explains why it, his way is more important than. Yeah, it's just a really really interesting story. Um, and the the concept that that tri- that the story had this tribe having is that they had two versions of truth: the truth of how exactly how things were. And the truth of how things should be, which goes along with with memory, where you have your your memory that might be real or how you want it to be, and like real actual memory. And that, I thought that was pretty interesting too. It was well, and he also explored the ways in which your memory, um, like we're talking about, uh, your your memory of the way things went is sometimes beneficial and sometimes it is negative. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't want to. I mean, don't want to go into it too much, but yeah, it was just a really, really thoughtful story, and and uh, and it's funny. I had enjoyed the story, but I kind of forgot what the story was before before suggesting that we did this. So when I read it, I was I was like, oh yeah, it's about the memory thing. And just last week, before I even thought of of reading this again, I had watched the third episode of the first season of Black Mirror. Have you seen that? I see. Yeah, I've seen them all. I don't know which the third episode. Was, so the, this the, that episode was very similar theme to this, where they have the. Oh yeah, I remember. I I remember now. Yeah. The memory devices and the guy, and, but it's a it's a it's a similar technology, but a, a different look at it. And it was I th- I thought this story had a much more uh, interesting look at that kind of technology than that episode, but it's a very similar idea. More nuanced. Yeah. I, yeah. Black, yeah, much more nuanced. Black mirror seems to be, uh, very, uh, afraid of what technology can do, what these kind of technologies can do. I mean, that's kind of the, the underlying feeling in it to me, mm-hmm. um, that these technologies are always used for evil or, you know, 
they're not necessarily evil, but they're they're making people's lives more depressing. Um, and people will use them in the worst possible ways, right. which is, I mean, that's certainly possible. Like a lot of the stuff in that Black Mirror, I could see anybody doing like obsessing over the negative or yeah, Re- constantly replaying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you no, know, I like man. This, I mean, you couldn't really make a movie of this. Or a, or a TV episode of this, I think, because a lot of it's just too, it's too much um, about ideas rather than plot. Yeah, it would Although be difficult. It would be difficult, but yeah, maybe maybe they could. But it would be a it'd be a good one if somebody good did it. Michael David. Bay. Oh, David could do anything. I was thinking Michael Bay though. That's true, Michael Bay. He would. He's he is good at nuance. Have you seen Pearl Harbor? I did not. Was that him? I, don't, I didn't see. I didn't see it either. I don't honestly, know I don't that. think I've seen a single one of his movies. I've seen Armageddon. I've seen Armageddon. I've seen parts of Armageddon. So uh, that's uh, as we talked about dri- drive-ins last week. I saw it in a drive-in. That was the bad one. <laughs> yeah. Was wait. Was that the one with uh, Ben Affleck? Uh, or was I, that Deep Impact? I think it was Armageddon. Oh, you know, I've never seen Armageddon. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Con Air, which I don't know why I said Armageddon with Con Air. Oh, I, I actually kind of want to see Con Air. I've never seen it. There's a really odd subplot with Steve Buscemi that never goes anywhere. In the whole movie, you're expecting it to go somewhere and doesn't. Yeah, I kind of want to see that. I, I hear it's just ridiculous. So There's a two-year span where Steve Buscemi was not quite an action star, but he was in a bunch of blockbuster movies like that. Weird, really weirdly, he, was, he went from the indie indie golden status to that action star. Now I don't know. Now he's kind of a, I don't know what, what to call him. I mean, in all, all levels of his career, he's been awesome, but I I don't know what, he just does that show now. I never see him in movies anymore. Yeah. Well, the show ended, so boardwalk. Maybe he'll be in some movies. Yeah. I saw him in a commercial. Really? With, uh, oh shit, dude. Why can't I think of the guy's name? Machete. Oh, oh, that's right. I don't know that guy's name. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. I know his name. Oh, Danny Trejo. Um, yeah, that... for the Snickers bars. Yeah, which is always weird to me. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, I used to, I used to think that's like totally selling out and shit. But now I'm like, you know, if you can, if you can pay off your house for a day's work, I would fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not for Snickers, but I I I have to say I think I've always felt that way. I never had that I hate salads feelings. Well, you're a different era, you know, you kids. I love money. You don't, yeah. You don't understand the pitfalls of fame. Pitfall was a great game. Fame was a great movie. So the com- combination must be awesome. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to talk too much about the the specifics of this story because because I think people should just go read it over at Subterranean Press. The truth of fact, the truth of feeling. Um, but it's also, I mean, it's a short story. Like we said, it's not super. It's not going to take up a lot of your time. Um, but he he is able to delve into things in a in a kind of deep way in a in a very brief amount of time. So. Uh, it's it was impressive to me. Yeah, and I want to read and some more of his stuff now. I, I like how effectively he was able to 
to mesh those two stories together. I think that might be the most, I mean, it's a great story, but I think it's really impressive how he was able to, to go from one to the other so effectively. I really like that. Yeah. It, it was a, a bit, uh, cloud Atlas ish. Uh, have you read his new book? I have not. I don't know what to think. Oh yeah. I'll put it on a list. I haven't read it. Um, I haven't read anything but Cloud Atlas actually by him. And then the the movie they just fucked up. Like the movie wasn't terrible, like no. you would think, but it took liberties that that I never got out of the book. Um, that that these people were all being reincarnated as you know what I mean. That that didn't seem. No, that's I think that was straight out of the book. The reincarnation aspect. I didn't get that at all from the book. No? No. I just thought it was lives intertwined throughout time and, you know, how how um, we all affect each other, even across generations. I never got any sense of reincarnation from it. Huh. Well, they're very similar characters, at least. Kind of, yeah. Um, I know I was reading something about that movie, about them not using uh, Asian actors or whatever and, you know, putting putting Tom Hanks and Halle Berry and different makeup and shit I, yeah i don't know it was yeah that was i was surprised that there wasn't more complaint about that backlash yeah yeah i i, I don't think I, I i don't know what the difference is that they didn't get a backlash and i i don't know i don't know how i feel about that either yeah because it, it was definitely not um not mickey rooney territory but at no. the same time you want to you want people to get roles I, it, it to get work it doesn't i don't know I don't know what to think, but when you're doing this, yeah, that's a tough one because yeah. it wasn't it wasn't as bad as like other places. Yeah. Oh man, there's uh, shit. I was gonna do something else. Um, let me see. Hold on. Sorry, I'm just looking at my uh, my recommendations. I know we're not there yet, but recommendations. Uh, oh, are we doing recommendations? Recommendations. <laughs> Once I hear that word. Uh, okay. Well, well, fuck it. Yeah, we talked about these things. Okay, my recommendation is... Oh, you do yours if you have yours, because I yeah. don't know. Well, I got two. So one is a... Uh, it's a blog or a Tumblr. Um, every single word spoken. Have you seen that? No. So this guy takes... Uh, he takes movies and then cuts oh, them yes, down to every single word spoken by a person <laughs> of color in that movie. And it's pretty fucking crazy, man. It really highlights the problem. It's the, the guy from Welcome to Night Vale, does it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, y you know, Moonrise Kingdom is like 10 seconds of the whole movie, you know? It, it's just, it's pretty, uh, I mean, it's not like we we didn't know this stuff, but it, when, you, when you actually see it in practice, it's pretty uh, fucking sad. And uh, uh, my second one is a podcast called uh, You Are Not So Smart. Have you listened to that no, one? No, It was cool. Um, Viv tipped me off to it. And there's there's a, a recent episode um, on... It's kind of like a psychology, sociology type podcast. There was a recent episode on the topic of learned helplessness that was really interesting. So I'm going to go back and listen to some more. Um, I've listened to two of them so far, but uh, I enjoy it for at least those two episodes I listened to. What did you say? You're not so smart? Yeah, you are not so smart. Sounds good. 
Yeah. I only matter. have uh, one recommendation, but it's worth two because it was really good. Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. It's a crazily well-written, awesome characters. I started reading the book and I almost stopped because I can't stand dystopian fiction. And this is this is the 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 story is a and I didn't know it going in, but the story is a flu pandemic kind of decimates the world and people are starting over. Because I I can I I can read that stuff sometimes, but sometimes it's so negative and so dark. It just I can't. I can't take it. So I wanted to turn it off, but the, the, the writing's so engaging and it really, even though it the terrible times, it's so positive and it's so, there's so much like love in this world she's created. And, and these characters, you really, you really want to know more about that. It's, it's an excellent book. And if you read it, you're going to burn right through it. It's really good. All right. It's not a comic book. It's an actual novel. It's a novel. Yeah. Okay. I think it's might be her second novel. I don't, I don't know. I've never read anything by her before, but, I well next time she has something I'll definitely read it. This is very good. Oh cool. Well I'll add that to my list. Um since I'm I'm always looking for authors and especially women authors this year, so not her first. She had a few. So yeah. She said. Yeah, I, I I mean I started we started talking about that a year of of non-white dudes. I, I wasn't going to do everything, but it seems like there's so much out there. That you can easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if something came out like, oh, I really need to read the new so-and-so, maybe I would. I don't know. There's a bunch of like uh, authors I like that I have not read their stuff, so maybe I won't be exclusive. But there's so much I want to read that is is either someone from another country or, or a woman that there's no reason yeah. to not do it. I've been I've, really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, I've found some stuff that that I've I've loved like this. This is this might not have been the next book I read, although it probably would have been because it's gotten really good reviews. But in any case, it's there's so much good out there. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really. I don't have a problem doing it for a year. You know, I started in like May or something. I don't know. I have to look at my Facebook post. But uh, but because I can always put stuff off until right until a year from now like that's not a problem i'm always going to be reading so yeah. um yeah it's it's fun i mean it's always fun finding new authors anyway so yeah and i think maybe i should look up the going back to david he'd recommended an irish author that sounded yeah, really interesting tana french sound, uh, did, did you try her out i haven't yeah i just read i just finished one of her books but it wasn't the first one because uh the library didn't have the first one um I mean, there was a wait for it, you know, ebook. Um, so I read, I don't know what it was, the fourth one, or, but it didn't matter. Like, there was no. Yeah. I still will start with the first one. I can't stand that. Not. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it was like. I don't think the one I read was part of a series. So. Oh okay. I don't know. I don't know. So. Yeah. You and see it, any good movies lately? Um, no. I saw. Some movies that weren't that great, but no, I didn't see anything good. Um, oh, well, I did see, I know, all right, this is going to cause some some consternation. And, uh, but I saw Big Hero 6, and I just thought it was, eh, it's all right. Yeah, it's I, an action movie. Yeah, I didn't it seemed expect like, you to especially like it. It seemed like every Disney movie and every superhero movie, so I was like, all right, yeah, I get it. I, I, I really hate Disney, man, I have to say. I love Disney. I hate everything they stand for. I 
has anybody explained why? I mean, I know there's been a lot of writing about it, but why is the dead mother thing so huge in Disney? I movies? don't know that. I mean, I really don't know that. Did Big Hero Six have? Well, they had Big Hero Six had dead parents. Yeah, dead parents all around because they were being yeah. raised by their aunt. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's a little bit different than just dead mother. But yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, Did you see Inside Out yet? I haven't seen it yet. It's pretty awesome. I know. I, I actually want to see that one. I'm definitely more partial to Pixar movies. Even though they're owned by Disney. I know, but they seem to have some... Uh, and Finding Nemo had a dead mother. Some autonomy. I, know, I didn't see Finding Nemo. Nobody cares about fish. Uh, although I never saw Cars either. R.I.P. Abivoda. He's not dead. Abivoda is going to live forever. Well, I care about fish. Oh. Yeah, no. He he was, you know, he was part of an ensemble on that show. You can't, I, I care about all of them, except for Wojo. Did you see Godfather before you watched Barney Miller? Uh, No, no, definitely Barney Miller first. So that was a pretty big shock to you, too. To see, <laughs> yeah, I did see Godfather young, because uh, we, man, when we were kids, we would have, so I had to be... Wow, I, I think I probably had to be, like, first grade. Maybe, shit, I don't know. Uh, it's all so hazy. Who cares? I was young, anyway. It was maybe not first grade, probably a little older than that. Um, we would, my parents would go over to their friend's house, like, on Friday night or Saturday night or whatever, and uh, I don't know what the fuck they would do, play cards or whatever. I, I All I remember is the couple they went with were, like, yelling at each other constantly, but, like, in a not in a mean way. That's just how they talked. Okay. They were always loud and brash and shit. Um, so like we would go just have to hang out. Um, and I, I remember one time I didn't want to hang out with the other kids and, and I, uh, went into their bedroom to watch TV and they had, they must have had HBO or Showtime or something back then. And, uh, the Godfather was on. So I watched that whole thing. <laughs> and I remember that scene where Sonny gets shot at the, uh, Toll booth. Oh, a toll booth. <laughs> How about the horse scene? That must have stuck with you. I know. It, well, it all kind of did. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this isn't Speed Racer. <laughs> anyway. It's neither here nor there. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Rate us highly on iTunes. Uh, like us on Facebook. Like individual episodes. Oh, I, yeah, like, do that too. And uh, tell, most importantly, tell your friends to listen because we like we like having new friends to listen to us yammer. Yeah, do it for America. Fuck yeah. The land of the red, white, and green. All right, I guess that'll do it. Uh, I think we maybe, I don't know when we're doing, well, we'll see how it goes. It might come out before this, uh, depending on what we decide, but uh, we are going to do a, a Christmas in July episode soon, hopefully in July and not August. I would prefer Christmas in July and August to defy expectations. That's true. We could do that. And we've got a, uh, we'll have a uh, best songs of the year part one episode coming up. So, you know, it's all super exciting. Uh, anyway, until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.